On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by cardiologist Dr. Paddy Barrett, chatting all things cardiovascular disease. The way I look at this is that the the two statistics that everyone should really be aware of is cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death globally and in most developed nations, but it's also the most preventable. 90% of it can be prevented at an early stage if you just follow the right steps and formula. So I look at it as a, a scary opportunity. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time Imon Irokti Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. You're listening to the Indo Daily, but first. When I got out to the Wicklow Mountains, when I came to the end of the line, I, I felt the sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. I'm Nicola Talent, and every week you can hear stories about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld on my podcast, Crime World. This was a stitch-up from start to end. I talk to those who get up close and personal with gangsters, mobsters and notorious criminals. They have taught of every conceivable way of disguising cocaine. Crime World is available wherever you get your podcasts. Today on the Indo-Daily. The Kerry Cams controversy and the man who lifted the lid on the scandal. I'm Siobhan Maguire and today I'm joined by Dr. Ankur Sharma, a consultant psychiatrist who exposed the scandal at the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services in South Kerry. And I'm also joined by Shane Phelan, Legal Affairs Editor at the Irish Independent, who has been covering this story for the last 16 months. Shane Phelan, Legal Affairs Editor at the Irish Independent. Today we're talking about the Child and Adolescent Mental Health Services, CAMS. Why are we talking about CAMS and why is there a spotlight on the South Kerry branch? So, uh, Siobhan, uh, recently we had the publication of the Maskew Review. Um, this looked into... Uh, the, uh, the care given to uh, t- uh, over 1,300 uh, ch- child and adolescent service users at South Kerry CAMS uh, over a four-year period. And it, the findings of the review have really started a national conversation about mental health services for children and adolescents. Findings were pretty shocking. Um, there was inappropriate and excessive prescription of drugs to children uh, who were never properly diagnosed over a period of four years. 227 children receiving uh, risky care from uh, a Dr. David Cromer. He's a, he was a, a, what we can describe as a barely supervised junior doctor who was based at South Kerry CAMS. 13 other children uh, also received risky care from other doctors. 
In 46 of the cases, um, the review team found proof of significant harm. So we're talking about children getting significant weight gain, uh, sleepiness during the day, raised blood pressure. Some of these children began producing breast milk uh, as a side effect of being incorrectly uh, prescribed an antipsychotic drug. Um, and the failings My identified... My goodness, I'm sorry. Yeah. Can we just go back to that point? Children were producing breast milk as a result of, of this being wrongly prescribed drugs yes it's 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 pretty uh, it's pretty shocking and I, I suppose it's 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 one of the the standout findings from this review um but the failings here uh, Siobhan, they went m- m- far beyond the activities of one uh, lowly junior doctor there were huge lapses in supervision and governance identified um senior people knew that there were concerns about this doctor but too little was was done in response and uh, to it. And there's now fears that South Kerry is just the tip of the iceberg. We already have plans for an audit of case files in the neighbouring uh, North Kerry region. Um, there's 72 or 73 CAMS uh, uh, units or, or, uh, around the country. And these are all going to come under the spotlight now because there's going to be a national prescribing audit, which has been ordered. Um, we also have are expecting to see well over 100 medical negligent lawsuits uh, being brought in relation to uh, South Kerry CAMS. Gardaí are examining complaints to see if there are grounds for criminal prosecutions. And um, added to that, you have a, a situation where the whistleblower in all of this claims to have been mistreated to the extent that they had to resign. And the Taoiseach has pledged that these complaints uh, will be looked into uh, and pursued. Um, and of course, the only reason we ought know all this, of course, is uh, the man who's sitting to my right here, Dr. Ankur Sharma. He is the consultant psychiatrist who uncovered this scandal and shouted stop. Dr. Sharma, thank you very much for joining the Indo Daily today. I know that both you and Shane have worked tirelessly on exposing this particular story in relation to the South Kerry branch of CAMS. Can you take me back to September 2020 when you uh, took up the post? Was it of locum psychiatrist? Some of the medication prescribed to um, these patients uh, should only have been taken for for what, a maximum of, of say, six weeks. But, But yet some of these kids were left on it for years. Is that right? That is correct. Um, so, in particular, antipsychotic medication use um, made frequently and in many, in most cases, unnecessarily for unduly long periods of time, so years in some in, in in some cases, leading to their side effects. I mean, antipsychotic medication in children is licensed for use for severe persistent agitated aggression because they are tranquilizers they tran- and they also tranquilize as a side effect so or or sedate and they are quite sedating but then you have you have to have a stop point at which you have assessed the child in a in a calmer state found or formulated the underlying clinical problem and treated the core problem not carry on with the antipsychotic f- because all you're doing if in if if somebody's in extreme distress and you prescribe an emotionally blunting uh, tranquilizer 
the person in distress will feel better. But they are not better. They're just blunted. And many of the families and adolescents did say to me uh, when they came off the unnecessary antipsychotics or the um, medications um, that the parents would the parents reported that they felt that they saw their child their their young person's personality come back and that i would understand because of the emotional blunting that is uh, prominent uh, that was prominent when they were on it and off it and i saw this myself and reviewing them um and the adolescents said that they felt they'd felt like a zombie all these years and again that makes sense to me because of of the uh, because of the specific nature and doses and length of time these medications were prescribed psychosis is not common illness in children anyway but you know it does it does occur um but it's relatively rare um before pu- um, before puberty anyway um but after that, the chances that we see more cases. So unless you have an have a psychotic illness, or or, or you, f- you you feel the child is in a prodromal state for a psychotic illness, you use antipsychotics to treat the psych- psychotic illness. That's it. Um, so I don't understand um, the use of polypharmacy, including antipsychotics were not indicated clinically. Dr. Sharma, can we go back to the issue of these files being lost? Can you explain to me exactly what happened during that period? It, it wasn't a case of children being forgotten about um, and, and that's the end of it, but it was actually children who were no longer um, being treated but still getting the same dosage of medication. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, and going as far back as 2016. 2016. Last, last yeah. seen in clinic. Okay. Because, yeah. Um, but that that happened, that was, that I, that the, we, we discovered that uh, in, as a team by doing a whole caseload audit mm-hmm. as an emergency caseload, whole caseload audit that I, I had instructed should occur after a, the, the mother of a young child yeah. um, called to ask a simple question mm. about whether or not she should change the timing of her child's evening medication. Um, and I didn't, wasn't familiar with the case, so I asked for, I said I would get back to her and the, I looked at the file. The file couldn't be found for ages and then eventually it was found somewhere in the filing system. It was one of the worst cases I'd ever seen of polyprescribing in a child um, without due assessment for some of the diagnoses that were given or, or assigned. And I asked the mother to bring the child with her the next day to see me. And of course, the family was shocked. And uh, and then I, this, I by this time it was March 2021, and from September onwards, I had not I had no time to be thinking because there there I had to be doing more than thinking which was my clinical duty. Um, and 
So my job was not the job of a routine consultant because I had to see the routine cases, but also spend at least two to three hours with each of these families, allowing them the time to process uh, the complexity of what had happened and also to answer the questions about the worries they had about they had about the, the, the long term effects on their child's mental health or physical health. And Shane, this was an aspect that really startled you, wasn't it? These files just being lost and forgotten about. I, I found it incredibly shocking. It's one of the worst aspects of this whole scandal, um, as, as Dr. Sharma says, you know, children going several years um, on uh, uh, combinations of drugs which are completely unsuitable in, in many cases where uh, no proper diagnosis had been given and the prescriptions were just repeated and repeated and repeated. They were never called in for a review. Um, and, you know, this aspect of it, that if only um, if that mother hadn't rung on that day, would you have had any idea? No, the files would have remained dormant. And and the problem, the underlying prop core problem here, which I don't know who can resolve, but it's it's been known for years and talked about, but no resolution is the lack of a national IT patient database system. Because what is being used across CAMS teams is very is variable, and um, in one of the counties that I worked in, um, there was no patient database. So when I started the job, and I had no idea how many patients were under care of my team. Shane, I just want to ask you about the audit that came about on foot of all these findings. So. Um it was. It would have been uh, April of twenty twenty one that an audit was finally a full scale audit was finally uh, uh, set up. Um, so many many months after Dr. Sharma initially raised these concerns, um, and uh, those findings uh, or that audit took place uh, over several months. Um, we finally uh, got those findings recently, um, and uh, I don't think anyone quite could comprehend just how bad things were. Um, you know, I've outlined the figures earlier on there, uh, you know, in terms of well over 200 children receiving risky care, 46 of them, you know, in cases where there was proof of harm. And there's actually fears now that, you know, those those figures are somewhat understated. Um, part of the reason for this is that uh, a lot of families, they received what are called no harm letters. So, um, when the review team looked at the files, um, you know, they, they kind of determined that this child was OK, that they hadn't uh, uh, suffered any harm. But what is transpiring now in, in a good many cases is uh, those files were just incomplete. And um, when families challenged this and went back to the review team and said, look, you know, half the, uh, uh, the uh, appointments are missing here. You don't have the full picture. Um, they, they 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 basically turned around and said yes. Do you know what? There were deficiencies in care here as well. So um, um, there are fears that the number, is, the real number, is actually quite larger than what is in the report. Gosh, and Dr. Sharma, I know you want to come in on this this issue. Yeah, um, just 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 following on from Shane's point about the no harm done letters. I personally and professionally find it. Um, a bit disturbing to 
to hear um, the term no harm done when the harm did not occur because of luck. So, for instance, um, using an analogy, if you let your toddler out on a quiet street to play freely and there was no traffic, no car, no bikes, um, no harm done. Um, but if there had been a bike or a, a car that unfortunately hit them or they were injured in some way, then harm done. But you putting your toddler in the street is you putting them in harm's way. So you can't claim no harm done because of luck. It's, it's, it's similar in, for example, and I'm sorry to, to bring this up, but in suicides prevented, there's no way of knowing how many suicides we prevent from, by, through, our, through intervention. And, but but there, is, there are all solid statistics on how many suicides were, uh, how many suicides occurred, because it's a definite event. But how, how do you assess and how do you collate the data on how many were prevented? There's no way. Can I ask you how you're doing, Dr. Sharma? I mean, I, I, you know, having met you and, and our listeners will hear, you know, how softly spoken you are. You're a very mild mannered, I would say gentleman. Um, I've enjoyed having conversations with you um, and you're sitting across from me now beside Shane and uh, your demeanor is, is of a person and tell me if I'm wrong, a person who's who's been been through through the wars, really. How were you feeling? At the time, I I know now how I was feeling because the feeling came after, um, especially in June and July when I was put on admin work um, and all my clinics were cancelled for no good reason, really. Um, uh, and then I had some time to absorb the what had happened more fully I don't know how to describe it uh, it's uh, is it lonely absolutely lonely yeah but um, that, and I had asked for specific supports during the months that I was correcting medications but also see, you know doing the job of fitness job, job of uh, what would what the ECD of Kerry said and I quote her the job of four consultants I had been doing the job of four consultants mm -hmm. um, and yet when I asked for resources they, they weren't they, they, there was nothing meaningful provided Shane you're an experienced journalist um, and I, I've no doubt that you, you've, you've, you've worked extensively on stories for months and years like this particular one what strikes you about uh, Dr. Sharma's case and what has happened to him? Well, um, it's interesting you say, you say that, Siobhan, like I, I would have covered a lot of, of, of whistleblowing cases before, um, for example, the Morris McCabe uh, case, and it never ceases to astound me how whistleblowers are treated in this country. Here you have a situation where um, uh, a, a very eminent consultant psychiatrist blows the whistle on all sorts of crazy practices affecting large numbers of people and um, finds himself in a situation where 
he feels he has no option but to resign from his post due to lack of, uh, you know, not getting the, 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 the support and the resources that are needed to his feelings of being sidelined and pushed to the side in all of this. Um, Dr. Sharma has spoken about being put on uh, administrative duties when, you know, really what he wanted to be doing was in the trenches, you know, helping these families, uh, righting the wrongs that were done to their children. Um, and um, it, I think it's astounding after so many of these controversies before in relation to whistleblowers, now here we are back again at square one. Like, what is it? Why cannot, uh, you know, uh, uh, state bodies in this country actually deal with these things in, in a correct manner? Um, I mean, I know, uh, Dr. Sharma, would you? I think you would still like to be there helping these families now, if you Absolutely. could. Absolutely. I, I take part in faculty the meetings, the Faculty of Child Psychiatry at the Irish College of Psychiatrists meetings, um, and I'm, I'm there. I'm here to help, um, but uh, being the being the messenger um, is difficult when troubles are discovered. My final question to you um and and you know fully acknowledging you have been on and are still on a very difficult journey but what should happen there are there are a number of things that have been talked about over decades that have not happened it's known what needs to happen so i'll just summarize things from possible you know the solutions from my point of subjective point of view, which is mine, uh, personally. Firstly, I've, I've talked about the a national patient database, IT database, that needs to be put in place everywhere, standardized. Um, it'll make doing audits much easier as well, and prevent loss to follow-up case type situations. The second thing is that People need to, families need to feel much more able to challenge their clinicians if they feel or if, if they even have a worry that uh, the care that they're receiving might, it doesn't seem, feel right. And um, I, I think most of the families that I've spoke to said that they just didn't feel able to challenge the doctor. And this, I think, is a cultural uh thing uh, this may be a cultural thing here um but it but it shouldn't be the f like this families and young people should speak up and challenge their clinicians and ask questions you know we might not have all the answers but uh you know direct questions are always needed you have to understand cams is a it's, it's a world of its own you're not treating one person not the child you're treating the child in the context of the family. So it is very different work and a different level of intensity. Um, and the system, systems around it um, need to understand if, uh, the way we work, which is not the case because there's a raft of administrative managers who are, no, who are mostly non-medical but invest, but their roles are invested with authority, and so clinical decisions that 
need to be made are not allowed essentially and so can, can, so it's 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 a, it's very, it's a very paralyzed specialty at the moment then that way we can't resource and deliver any uh, the, the 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 standard of service that young people and families in this country would or anywhere in the world would deserve And a huge thanks to Dr. Anker Sharma, consultant psychiatrist, and Shane Feelan, legal affairs editor at the Irish Independent. I'm Siobhan McGuire, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was produced and presented by myself, researched by Tabitha Monahan, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.